Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. Before we meet our guest, I'd like to remind each of you about our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with first to market odds and lines. Basketball's back, and Bet Online is your number one source for the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends, and as your continued source for all sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Episode 81 of the podcast welcomes Jorn Scholl, current special teams coordinator in the European League of Football, who's positively influencing the growth of American football in Germany. Jorn, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I apologize if I've already butchered your name, but we'll get it right by the end. Uh, so how are you doing, man? Yeah, hello, coach. It's an honor to be here and speak to you, speak about American football in uh, Germany and in Europe. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to to talk to you. Um, I have one month off. It's a great, great, uh, great time for me because I got a newborn at home, and uh, yeah, everything is new. I've got one one month off from school, no work, and uh, just football and the little one, and that's a exciting, exciting time for me at the moment. Congrats, man! You know, we we were talking off air last week when we were planning to record and. We are we are both new fathers. You know, I have I have two daughters, six and three, and then I have a little boy who's I think a month different from your firstborn. So it's it's such a man, it's such a gift, you know. And speaking mm-hmm. speaking of gifts and, and fatherhood, like football, it, it gives so much. And I'm talking to a guy right now who is who's six hours apart. Um, we've known of each other, but we've never met. Uh, we've only talked one other time than just now. So it's it's a it's truly a privilege to to share this experience with like our audience who who probably has no idea of the emergence of American football in Germany and and Europe for that matter and and how organized it is and how there's development leagues and how there's good coaching and and how eager and hungry guys like you are to learn fourth down you know I think you guys have gotten to that point now where you are starting to to, to delve into fourth down, which took Americans a long time to really have a lot of respect for. I mean, we, we can go back to yesterday, you know, um, I can, I, I don't want to name drop because uh, I, I used to train this young man, but there was a kid who, who, who missed two critical kicks um, that could have been the catalyst in a, in a win for a team that desperately needed it yesterday. Um, on the flip side, there was a guy who was, who was the difference um, who made his, his three or four reps, uh, when called upon and they won by by less than six so um i want to thank you before we start for for what you're doing and uh for your friendship but uh so let's just go right into it i could you explain like there's a structure in all things right there's a way of doing it from 
from like education standpoint, you go to elementary, then you go to middle, then you go to high school, then you go to university and hopefully masters. And then you go to your doctorate and boom, that's probably the, the pinnacle of that. I want mm-hmm. to know the structure in place for American football in Germany right now. Like when are kids starting? Uh, when is their deadline to figure out if I'm going to do this for real? Um, opportunities in college. And then as mentioned last week when we talked, you enlightened me on a number of kids that are not only playing on Saturdays, but there's actually a, a, a pretty lengthy list of guys that are playing on Sundays now in the NFL. Yeah, it's um, when, we, when we look at, uh, at football in Germany, it's organized most of the time in, in a club system. So it's different to the United States where everything is organized by the schools. Um, here it is historically grown that we have clubs um, where people come together and do different sports. Uh, they play soccer in clubs, they play tennis in clubs, they play hockey in clubs. And we, we also have clubs for American football. And um, I, I looked it up today. Uh, we, we have an organization that's called the uh, AF4D. Um, they organize all the clubs and we have around 500 clubs that are offering American football for youth and adult players. And in these 500 clubs, there are over 70,000 members um, at this mo- at the moment. And um, they are. We have some some bigger clubs with around uh, with around four four to five hundred people um, in these clubs playing from at the beginning seven years old. We have got seven seven to ten year olds, ten to thirteen year olds, thirteen to sixteen year olds, sixteen to nineteen year olds. So always a a, a a difference of three years. Three years played together in one one group or one team, and they compete against other teams. At their age, that our that is uh, our youth program we have in Germany. Um, so you can start at seven and go up until nineteen. And if you are nineteen, you move over into the adult teams. We have different adult teams, different leagues. In our region, we have got six leagues for adult teams, and the highest league in Germany uh, under. Um, under the AFVD is uh, is the German Football League. We have a German Football League two, a second second division um, for for the club teams, and a lot of players play play football, learn football in these clubs, and that's that's the important part in Europe where 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 people learn learn and play the sport, and where they develop, where we have coaches that develop. And um, everything, everything is is growing at the moment. We have got. I, I look. Um, I try to look up some numbers. And for example, from the year two thousand eighteen to two thousand nineteen, we have a, we have got, have got a growth of players um, at around seven percent. So seven percent more players in two thousand and nineteen than in two thousand eighteen. And at the moment, it's uh, it's growing. It's growing fast here. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the fastest growing sports. In, in our country, in Germany. And if we look at the whole continent in Europe, um, more uh, around the half of the European players are playing in Germany. I try to compare it maybe uh, with Austria, who, who are very good in playing American football. and uh, But they only have seven, uh, 70 clubs with around 9,000 9, members. So it's a difference to, to 70,000 70, players uh, in Germany, so football is is growing, and we have got 
um, different 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 opinions on that why it's growing. We have got the clubs who who try to try to work with schools and uh, offer flag football in schools. That's one way to get new players. And uh, the the growing of social media takes um, takes place and bring, brings our brings our sport. There's the sports we love and uh, we'll. We uh, that that takes uh, such a such a big such a big time of our private life uh, of our work life that brings our sports into the into the spotlight. I think the the development of social media um, brings brings our brings the sport in in Germany especially um, yeah to to the to the people uh, who who never heard of it who never played it. That's why why football is growing here, and uh, we we can see it when we when we uh, when we look at the NFL broadcast. Um, we we never had a weekly NFL broadcast until the year two thousand and fifteen. So the first time uh, we have weekly broadcast of NFL games started in two thousand and fifteen, um, and the it's it's growing when we when we try to compare the spectators of the Super Bowls. It's a big difference. We we started. In 2013, with 950,000 people watching the Super Bowl in Germany, and the highest number was in 2021, with uh, 2 million and 110,000 people in Germany watching the Super Bowl. With all the time difference, uh, we stay up until one until 1 a.m. in the night, watching the whole night, and we have a lot of lot of. Uh, yeah, I think maybe crazy people who straight go from their Super Bowl party right to their work and have a, have a complete work day after that. And I think that's that's a big sign that football is growing. We have got um, a lot of growing now, some some growing numbers uh, in the spectators in the stadiums. And um, what's what tries to connect a little bit to the uh, NFL Euro we had uh, in the early two thousands. That's a that's a league for for all the uh, for all the listeners who don't know this. That's a league that uh, was completely sponsored by the NFL to to make football, uh, yeah, um, make to to grow the publicity of football in Europe. And so they they had some different teams in the NFL Europe where they played. I think more more than ninety percent of college college players players from the US they lived here for for half of a year played here football, and we have some homegrown players maybe around around five in each team, but the the most of the players are American players and um, there was a big time we, we I, um, I remember when I was 11, 12 years old I visited some games of the NFL Europe and we had twenty twenty five thirty thousand people. Uh, regularly watching watching football in Germany in the stadium, watching watching the players from the US play here, and it was an exciting time. But the NFL uh, decided that it's that are that it's not worth to take all the costs, and uh, they shut it down. I think in two thousand and five, um, and it's there are a lot of people who who dreamed who dreamed about this this time back and tried to repeat it and make football more visible. For for the for the mass of people, and that's why they tried to set up the European League of Football um, two years ago. They started in twenty twenty one in the first season. Um, they expanded it a little bit in two thousand and twenty two with uh, 12, 12 teams from all over Europe playing 
against each other. And next year, there will be 16, 16 different teams uh, competing in the European League of Football. Um, and that's the difference to the club system is that this system is uh, is looking for or look or looking to the NFL, and we have got franchises there uh, there with uh, GMs with uh, with uh, with with people who invest their money, and they their goal is to get their money back. But they but it, I think it's it's good for football. It's an it's a different different perspective on the game, and it's, it's a different different way to approach approach the game like i uh, told before told before the clubs are uh, are there to to open football to everyone to the youth and that's very important i think we we can't have american football without the clubs because they are the one who develop coaches who develop players and the european league of football is trying to bring bring the product football to to new spectators and uh, when we see when we see what they uh, what they have done over the last two years they uh, they televised one game per week of the league and we have got around 50,000 people watching watching uh, the European League of Football games and I think that's that's a good way because it's it's presenting the sport to to the uh, to even other people than the people who are watching the games games of our club teams here in Germany. So I think that's the that is a, a basic overview of football here here in Germany, how it's developed and um, yeah it's got it's it's growing and I think what's very important is that we we have to have our coaches develop develop with it. We have we have we have to to make sure our coaches can coach the game, our coaches um yeah are at the are, are looking are looking what to what you are doing in the US learn from you and that's that's very important to do, I think to 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 keep this growth of the game it's exciting you know the the evolution of the game um the world cup is in 20 days you know and i i grew up a soccer player my dad is english so i i didn't grow up with american sports i was i was more of a and i was watching the bundesliga and Syria and you know all, all these other things but you know being in the United States I was exposed to it and I think that it's very important with globalization and technology and it, it's just awesome that we are utilizing it for the good of of the kids right because I think a kid should have options I don't think he should because he lives in Germany um, not be permitted to do something he likes to watch in the United States. I think he should. So it's because of guys like you um, who are going to facilitate the learning, which leads into my next question. Um, the learning process, you know, it's got to be a little difficult, a little more, I should say, difficult if I was in fact in Germany um, to go and get instruction, because even in our country, uh, there's a lot of instruction going on, but uh, I think the the cream rises to the top in, in terms of that. I think kids tend to go to like one of a few people in any given position group. So with that being said, how are you utilizing your resources and, and like how are you finding them? How are you coaches getting what you need to to give back to the kids to develop them to hopefully come over here and play ball? Yeah, I think I think that's a difficult question because it's it it, it 
it evolved over time. Um, when I started coaching, coaching back in 2005, um, we, we don't have all the, all the options we have today. Um, there, there is no force on you. We can, we, we can go to see, see the posts on Twitter or Instagram, pick, pick some nuggets here and there. Um, when, when I started coaching, we, we had some, we had some books scanned in, um, from, from coaches who, who came over, um, with the NFL Europe. We had some, some clinics the NFL Europe coaches did over the, in that time. And that was it. We don't have that that option and then it's evolved over the internet we have got some we we have coaches who uh who reads who, who read some blogs who uh, ordered books uh over via amazon and i think everything everything grows over the last uh last years and i think the 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 pandemic um we get to know uh we get to know uh to how to use zoom and I think that's that's a big big part because now we we can join a little bit more easy um, different clinics we had in the United States, um, for example, Lawrence First and Goal, uh, cool, the Cool Clinic, who who went uh, who went to to online clinics, and that's uh, that's helping our coaching community because the gap between the US and uh, and our coaches is getting a little bit a little bit uh, more tiny. Um, because of social media, because of um, so many coaches who are who are willing to share knowledge, and I think that's 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 very important, and that's uh, that's what what you, Coach Landy, uh, are doing doing a tremendous job. And I know, I know some 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 kickers, some some specialty specialty coaches who who use your 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 advices to share with the players. And um, on last last year, I, sh- I shared a lot of. A lot of your clips with Mike, with my players, um, and we try to discuss different different things. You you brought up you bring you bring a very deep and technical perspective into the coaching, and I think that's that's something that's something we we can look up to and uh, where we can develop our game. And I think that's that's what it what it's all about. When I when I want to want to coach, I, I'm I'm serving my players, and that's why from from my from my perspective, it's it's important to learn and study the game and do everything um, do everything to to get better and to help my athletes in in the way they they want to do it to be successful. And when we look at coaches, and maybe that's a, an important uh, important note when when we look at coaches in Germany, I think around ninety to ninety five percent are having a full time job. No one is no one is here a full-time coach so I, I'm, I'm a full for example i'm a full-time teacher and when i get home um that's that's my hobby and i co- i coach i learn i study as a hobby and not not as my work i think that's the only way to do it really in, in professional life i mean I'm, I'm fortunate enough to say that my professional life is coaching but um i always remind myself that to really never be stagnant Right. Never be satisfied. Never be complacent. Um, always realize that, that you have deficiencies or the work is never finished. The list is never completed. Um, I think that's where greatness starts. You know, and I, and I think that people who chase that and that are meticulous in their ways and always open to refinement, but married to their thoughts because their process came about 
several, several years are failing, right? There's, there's a lot of ways to talk about this, but I, I love what you said is you, you really can't look at anything like work. If you want to be successful, if you want to make it a career, in fact, because work is an ugly word. Work is almost like labor, right? And laborious is not a sexy word. It's a bad word in, in our, at least in our language. Um, I think fun is a word I'd rather use or excited or eager. And I think that you, you're a guy who is, and I think that take it as far as you want, because there's going to be a need. What you're doing is generating a whole new market and, and, and then there becomes need. Um, and people need you over there, especially there. And then guess what? We start need you over here. Cause I like what you mentioned about perspective is um, we've learned a lot from you guys in soccer, what we call soccer, others call football, but it's clear. It's evident. I mean, we're not going to beat England in my opinion in the world cup, but I, I imagine that we're going to, we're going to surprise them. I think that, I think, I, I think we're, we're going to make it a good game. I think, I think we might get out of our group. And I think that that's a win for us. Just like in Germany, it's a win for you to get 2.1 million people to watch a game that starts at 1 a.m. and just roll through and watch it and then get up at six to go to work. I don't think a lot of Americans, I, I don't think proportionate. I mean, there's 330 million of us. I think proportionate, <laughs> we'd be lucky to get 2 million that would really stay up and watch through the fourth unless it was an epic battle, you know, so... I don't want to go off on a tangent too much, but I did, obviously, I, I researched people that are my guests. Uh, I, I want to know them as best I can without, like, I want to learn some things when I talk to them. But I did learn a lot about you, and I learned that you were a, a wide receivers coach, a linebackers coach, a head coach. Uh, you, were, you were a coordinator. Like, so 17 years of doing this, uh, I want to know why, why special teams? Yeah, I think um... – when when I look back, and especially um, especially at uh, football at in Europe, the special teams and the specially specialists don't take a lot of time, don't take manpower to to practice with them, to win with them. And from what I learned in seventeen years of football, that these small things, and especially in special teams, that these things are making the difference in the game and making the difference in winning and losing. And I, when, when I look back at my games that I played, I think I lost more games with not focusing on special teams, not knowing what, what I can do, um, what I had to do, um, than the games I won and, or we, or we won. Nothing that's that led that led me to to this part of the game to make it better to understand it better to 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 watch what what the pros do, um, and and I I count you in into into the professional level and I'm watching what what you are doing I try to adapt it to to my players I try to to learn more about the game and I think when we are looking at all the small parts of the body of the movements. Um, at at every position, not not only at the kicker, um, I try to to look at the same same different aspects. Um, for example, in punt protection, I want to know how how can I change change different angles? How can I change the stance to get to get a little bit just 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 one inch better? And um, if if we all if if we do do these little things, I think we can we can win more games. And um, we can give give our play, our players better ways 
to to play the game, compete in the game, and ultimately ultimately win win the games. I want to just piggyback on that. I think that for a long time, especially when I grew up playing '90s, uh, it was known. I think globally, because my dad had an opinion. He was English that football wasn't played by bright people per se. There were bright people playing, but it wasn't a collective unit of bright people right that were needed i think that's completely changed i think the game has evolved every year to becoming coached by smarter people right played by smarter people um it's because like what you said is 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 football is very structured uh soccer i liked because it was free-flowing i could mess up you could beat me on a play and i could recover on the same play and and maybe recover that doesn't happen very often in football because football is six and a half seconds or less. Almost always the play is over and you either won it or you lost it. And guess what? Make up for it in the next play. If you got beat, I like that. And I also like that 22 people should think like, like you or should be coached by a coach that thinks like you, that if we are equal in ability, technique wins always. And guess what? If you're inferior in ability, technique will allow you to win maybe half the time, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're first. If you make the first movement and it's effective, good luck because the play is almost over. This isn't a soccer play that could, in fact, never end until the whistle blows after 45. This is a it, it's a chess match, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's led by very, very, very bright people, especially here. Like I'm looking at... um. My buddy just got a job with the Dolphins. He's a special teams analyst. And their head coach is younger than me. He looks like a puppy, right? But I've listened to him talk, like, behind closed doors. And it's almost like he is – you know those people that are almost too intelligent? They, like, don't know how to fundamentalize their thinking. That's mm-hmm. He is so far – he's three or four steps ahead trying to retract to bring everyone where he is. But I think that's almost like the expectation now is your coordinators are brilliant people. Your your quarterbacks have to think like them and with them. Your receivers, yeah, I mean, they have one job. They have one route to run, but it has to be meticulous. It has to be a 12 dig. You know, it has to be four steps and a pause and a go. You, 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 you know, you can't breach it at 90. You got to run that 60. You're outside the seam. You got to adjust, you know, the wind. We told you in pregame, we were throwing the ball against the wind to the right pylon. And guess what? I get to chuck it at that thing because the wind keeps it in bounds. You just got to adjust. You know, these things, like, I don't think people realize the meticulousness of football. What's really going on? What's transpiring in six and a half seconds? And how many, like you said, moving parts and how many – coaches minds collectively there's like 12 of them on one side of the ball for one given play and if someone didn't coach it right or someone didn't execute it well enough it's oftentimes enough to be the void in the situation you lost that play Mm. and i I, and i and i don't think that even us as americans our general public that watch the game they're not they're not really up to speed on on all that yet and i think when they slowly start finding that out how much more is going on behind closed doors and already predetermined based on preparation. Um, I think they'll fall even more in love with the game. So it really makes me feel good that you were saying these things because 
you should be saying these things. You're the coach. You you should be delivering this information and getting others to think as critically. Um, and I think that's that's the biggest part of your job. Um, so I want to kind of change the subject a little bit. Like, why are you here? Why do I know you? What's going on? You gave me an opportunity because I speak. I try to speak as much as I can to international, but it's not it's prevalent, right? Like I, I speak to a group in Brazil. I've speak, I've spoken to, to David stretch in England. And now I get the opportunity to speak at an international coaches convention, which takes place in December. Could you share a little more about this event and um, how you got me involved in it? Yeah, of course. Um, we, it, it started back during the pandemic. Um, I tried to organize some, some zoom, zoom clinics um, for German coaches. And we, we, we started, at first, um, just with my with my staff, and we opened up for opened it up for some coaches, and then then everything grows, growth, and I think we we had around 50, 50 clinics um, over the years 2000 and, uh, 2020, 2021. and had have around have around 20, 20 coaches twenty five coaches on the different uh, different topics. Uh, trying to listen and learn and asking questions and that's why that's I want I want to to continue this educational part because I think it's not only important to to listen to uh, to the thing to the things the coach uh, says because that's, and and that's why I want to have this uh, zoom clinics because now we can ask question, questions and i think that's very important to ask questions to develop and think about the the think about that what what you have learned uh, what you have listened to and that's and that's very very important to to work to work with all the information to listen to it think about it and then restructure it and ask the question and that's why why these clinics and the different talks are so important because that's offering us as european and german coaches the chance to to ask and to interact with uh, with the different speakers and you you uh, you you already mentioned david stretch uh, um he he will pre- present at our clinic too he's a nice guy he's a, he's a great specialty in my mind in uh, in europe he reminds me a lot of you you know, I, he's he's avid. I, I think every time NFL goes to London, David is there. You know, like like yeah, he, he was in Wembley. Yes, uh, I think yesterday. He doesn't miss a beat, and yeah, I mean he's he's in love. If there's someone who is in love, he is in love with it. And you guys remind me of one another. You know, you guys are very important. I think that it's got to take a, a number of people like you and David to to make this really work. And I think there are. I mean, from what you're telling me that. People, people have have a fondness for the game, you know, and, and really discovering that this is this is exciting, you know. Yeah, so I think we have we have in personal or, or per, um, personal and live live clinics in Europe. For example, the uh, Bavarian Football Clinic. That's the the biggest convention convention we have in Europe. And um, last year, due to due to COVID, um, they had around three hundred coaches. From from all over Europe joining this clinic, um, we had we had uh, the offense coordinator from Alabama on there. Pete Golding talks uh, talked to our to our coaches, and it was an exciting exciting clinic we had we had there. So there there are a lot of coaches in Germany in uh, in Europe who wants to educate themselves, want to learn, want to grow, 
and want want to give their their players chances to improve and for for all the 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 coaches who work with the with our younger kids we we have a lot of a lot of uh, kids going going to the us and play college ball from germany from from different countries um they they are moving over uh, and play play at different different colleges you you shocked me with that um you know there, there was a Remind me of the defensive end's name from Florida State a couple years ago that was a stud. It's Bjorn Werner. Stud. Yeah, you guys produce some big tough boys, but I am going to challenge you. Uh, I have one more question, but I am going to present a challenge to you. I, the Aussies have made quite a presence in punting in our country, and it's through the Aussie rules and just the skill set they have with bending it and making it, like, you know, do some funky things in the air. It's hard to receive it. Uh, but the way the Germans play soccer – Come on now. I, I would imagine that England and Germany could tighten up a little bit with, hey, let's bring some kickers over here, some punters, hopefully too, but especially the kickers. I, I really feel like the Germans would be excellent ball strikers. I watched them, I watched them play my whole life. Um, I just don't think enough kids are getting a chance to, especially the elite German soccer players. They don't want them to touch an American football. I get it. However, there's a I imagine there's a surplus of exceptionally gifted ball strikers that don't make the German national team. So, Coach, just throwing it out there. I'd like to challenge you to get more of these studs mm -hmm. just to give it a try. Give it a try, yeah. right? They would love it. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> I want to – I just want to uh, ask you one more. This is a hypothetical, but it's something I've wanted to ask someone for a long time. I vividly remember NFL Europe, you know, and the Barcelona team and the Frankfurt Gallery. I remember that, that was interesting. I was fascinated that – a, it was there, and and I was more I was more curious as to before realizing you know budgets and what they meant as a kid. I was like, why would they do away with it? And I, I totally get it. It's revenue, and it's it's not being able to pay your bills. But do you foresee? I think like there's a resurgence. Um, that's why we're talking today, and, and the passion, even outside of journey for American football, but in Europe, do you foresee that they? something like that comes back to where we eventually maybe have a, an NFL franchise or two that are over there that, that have to travel a lot, but there's such a, I think there's such a, a need and a demand for it. Now, could you imagine the attendance and the stadium that would be built and the support that would be generated by it? If you guys had your own piece of the NFL over there. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a realistic thought because, uh, I, I remember. I think three or four 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 weeks ago, um, they 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 talked about maybe bringing over a franchise to London. They they have around four four games in London every year. Um, I visit some uh, two games in London myself. You mentioned David Stretch. You know, he's he's visiting a lot of a lot of uh, games in London, and there there are many German German football. And enthusiasts who, who who fly over one weekend to London and uh, and try to try to see see uh, the NFL play there. So I think they, there will be a lot of spectators. And um, we have next next month um, Tampa Bay playing against the Seattle Seahawks in Munich. And in in Europe they had six hundred thousand ticket requests for only that game. Six hundred and thousand ticket requests for the game in uh, in Munich, and that's that's 
that's such a big number. I think it it will be worth for the NFL to to bring one to bring the teams over play here um, next year. They will they will play not in Munich. They will play in Frankfurt an NFL game. They will have their four games in London. So we have four four to five games in Europe at the moment um, from from the NFL. Six hundred thousand. That is six plus big houses. Michigan football, biggest stadium, arguably sixfold plus some. Uh, that's insanity. And I, I don't even know. Is that a lottery? Then I would say, like, yeah. I mean, how do you how do you allocate? So you you literally get a, like a number and you get lucky. Yeah, you got you got a number and then you can buy up to. I think they had it up to five tickets for each number. That's fair. I'm actually surprised that they, they would allow five. Per yeah, that's that's a lot. I, I'm I'm shocked, because, but that's insanity. And that and almost, the, I mean, how do you ignore that? Those numbers, you've got to acknowledge it. Okay, we either need to have a permanent settle, settlement there, or we need to every every week we have a, a European game. I mean, why would they not do that? Uh, I I, th I think we're close, but again, putting a little pressure on you, coach. We need a couple couple more of you walking around, and we're good to go because we've got to develop the youth. We've got to get Germans over here playing, um, and it started. It's just not, in my opinion, it's probably not to the volume that you guys probably are even producing. I, I think we've got to figure out that disconnect too. Is how are we going to market these kids? You know how are we how are we going to get their game film over? And I think a big disconnect and a, and and uh, how do I say this? A big uncertainty from my perspective as an American coach is if he is kicking butt in this German league I've never heard of, is the level of play um something that I need I can evaluate, you know. But again, the that's that's the that's the onus of you and guys raising the level of play to where it's where it's not a question, right? And mm -hmm. I think I think you're close. I I think I think it takes time, right? But I think you're close. So I want to ask you a very simple one. If people want to get a hold of you, I'd like you to offer a few ways with that and also um, a link or how they can find this clinic that we will both be a part of. I, I will I will post the link link on Twitter. Well, I think we will we will uh, we will have it ready around next week. Um, you can hit me up at, at Twitter at Edge Coach Colonia. Um, or if you like, like to on uh, on Instagram, it's uh, coach understrike uh, understrike J Colonia. Um, I will send you everything, so you, maybe you can put it put it into the show notes. Yeah, what I'll do is I'll, I'll add it to the episode notes and the pod, and also um, I will retweet anything leading up to the event because I know you'll tag me in it, and um, yeah, I will. majority of the listeners are also active with me on Twitter. So they will see it for sure. Um, just make, make sure to, to a few times to tag me so I can remind everyone. Cause uh, it's a neat experience. I get a lot of coaches on Twitter, of course, at the college level that they're experts in offense and defense, but like you, there's a hunger and a realization that if I can get a little bit better, even incrementally better than my opponent mm -hmm. at, at, at how to talk to my kicker or how to train my kicker in season, not overuse him. Um, I think it's it's a difference. I think it's it's one of the biggest difference makers. If if you've voided it your entire career and you're open to to taking that information in, I I think it's what you talked about to start the show. Is this is inches? 
you know, this is seconds away from winning or losing. Mm-hmm. And you and, and you want to you want to gain every uh, inch you can that you have control over. Right. So you're taking control of that. And I, I really, really appreciate you and uh, for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you very much. It was an honor to talk to you, coach. And um, yeah, if I can do anything else, um, just for, for every one of the listeners, if you have any questions about football in Europe or uh, or anything else, just hit me up on Twitter or Instagram and I'll try to, try to get back to you as quick as possible. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. It means a lot to everyone at 4th Down Focus that you were able to share information that will help us on and off the field. Please give us a five-star rating, a review, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend. If you have questions or suggestions uh, related to the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. My website is 4thDownU, that's 4thDownU.com. On social media, you can find me by simply searching at 4thDownU. Thanks again for joining us at 4th Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We will see you next week with an exciting new guest, and I hope this fall, I can say that now, is treating each of you well. Remember, in all things... Give thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.